James Harden did not answer the call. He deferred. Now, I noticed in James Harden's career, especially now, that it's clear to me that he doesn't like hard work. The reason why I say that is because right now, at this point in his career, he prefers more pick and rolls, more so than isolation basketball. The playoffs are going on right now, and this is where we see if guys are made of that stuff, man. This is the time where we see who is really made out of that stuff. You can do what it do in a regular season, but can you do it in the playoffs is a big thing. And speaking of that, the Heat defeated the 76ers 106-92 last night. Did this game prove that James Harden has officially hit the decline button? And I'm actually going to lob that up to you again, Zach, to kick us off. Uh, yeah, so this is a real interesting one. I don't know if it was specifically like last night's game per se. I think where this is really interesting for Harden is like Embiid is out. And now it's clear like the only real shot, at least until Embiid comes back, the Sixers have at winning the series is that they're going to need James Harden to go off and to play at that elite level. And it's weird because the first two games he got to Philadelphia, he was great. The Sixers looked like they were on their way to an NBA championship behind Harden and Embiid. But for some reason, since those first two games, like, he's just been a different player. He hasn't looked like that same James Harden we saw the last few years in Houston, even at times last year in Brooklyn. And, like, the only real explanation for that is, like, okay, age might be getting to him a little bit. I know he had the, the injury in the playoffs last year. Maybe it's just taken him some time to recover from that. But it's just unfortunate because the Sixers, until Embiid comes back, their only chance at really winning this series is if James Harden plays like James Harden. I, I think Maxie's a really capable player, and I do think if they get Embiid back, like Harden could still be a useful piece, even if he's not vintage James Harden. Um, but right now, without Embiid, they're going to need vintage James Harden. And unfortunately, after game one, and really from what we've seen so far in his Philadelphia tenure, like we haven't really seen that guy too often. But the good thing about the NBA playoffs is, you know, you have four opportunities at least if you uh, come away with a couple wins. But I'm interested to see what Philly would look like at home in a game three with Embiid back. It's looking like it could be that way. To answer this question, I think it's clear to those have highs, right? Those that have eyes, and they always say the hills have eyes, but I guess the hills can see what I can see too because I see a decline in James Harden's game. And let me be clear here. I was on the record a couple of weeks ago saying that James Harden is an overrated basketball player. I have seen nothing since I made that statement that has proven that I was wrong. You know, I always thought he was overrated even in his prime, believe it or not. I, I just, his style... His demeanor never really took me. You know that bring up the ball slow. You ever watch him move? You ever watch him walk? He just moves mad slow. That never really popped out to me. Right? I like the Russell Westbrook getting to the basket, attacking the basket. I like the D-Rose. I like Jaws. I like those guys that play with intensity, not this slow bringing up the ball. Man, even Ben Simmons, he brings up the ball fast and he's ready to go. You know what I'm saying? When he is way to go. We'll get to him, I'm pretty sure, in this topic at some point. But that's the guys that I like. James Harden never really stuck me out as that type of dude. And when you're missing your center and your best player on this team, I believe if James Harden had anything left, he will either show it in game one or he will show it in this game two coming up. Because 
We needed him in game one to be aggressive, to show that aggressive side to him. He decided not to be. He decided to be passive-aggressive. And that's where when you need somebody to step up and you talk about the art of a true teammate, a teammate that you want on your team, when he needs to answer the call, he answers it. James Harden did not answer the call. He deferred. Now, I noticed in James Harden's career, especially now, that it's clear to me that he doesn't like hard work. The reason why I say that is because right now, at this point in his career, he prefers more pick and rolls, more so than isolation basketball. The reason why I say that is because even when he was getting the ball a lot and his usage was through the roof with Mike D'Antoni, he never really liked that style of basketball. He even said it out of his own words. He never liked that isolation style of basketball. He rather defer. And I think that's why he wanted out of Brooklyn. Because when he got to Brooklyn, he was like, all right, man, KD, Kyrie, I get to do my thing and, and lay back and just defer, right? And just pass the ball. Well, then... We all know what happened. Kyrie Irving became part-time. Kevin Durant was injured. And then he was like, listen, hold up. This is not what I signed up for. And I don't like taking the load anymore. That's just not my thing no more. I don't want to do it. So I'm going to go and go to the 76ers. But little did he know, injuries are part of the game. Right? He thinking it's going to be smooth sailing. I'm pretty sure if he looked at it and had a, a time capsule where he can look ahead to time and know that Durant was going to be there, and Kyrie Irving was going to be there, and knowing what would have transpired with Embiid, he would have stayed his ass in Brooklyn. And that's my thing. The 76ers, they still have the questions that I don't get answers for. For example, can Embiid stay healthy when you need Embiid to? I'm not worried about Embiid productivity standpoint, from a productivity standpoint. He's always going to put up numbers, clear, key here, when he's there on the court. But injuries has always been a thing with Embiid. Some of the injuries are the way how he lands, and some of the injuries are just just um, random stuff that just, like, happens. Like, he get hit in the face and break his orbital bone. Like, you know, that's Embiid. James Harden, can he show up in the playoffs? I haven't seen those answers answered yet. Doc Rivers, can he make the necessary coaching adjustments in games? We saw him with the small ball lineup in the second quarter. They go on a 10-2 run. They lead at halftime, and he decides to put full commitment to the big and DeAndre Jordan, and they get smoked out of the gym. Okay, that's the same questions that I have, and that's why when I go back to that trade about who really won the trade, the more and more that the day go by, I said Brooklyn at that time, damn sure ain't going to say the 76 is here for those who want to hear me go back and reverse switch. Nah. I'm actually going to say, I don't think nobody won the trade. We haven't seen Ben Simmons on the floor. So how did the Nets win the trade? He's not on the floor. I don't even know if he's playing again. I don't even know if he's playing again. Everywhere Ben Simmons go, he just quits on his team. Same thing I can say about Harden the last two seasons. Requesting a trade from the Rockets, who did everything to keep him happy. Got him Westbrook. Got him CP3. Got him Dwight Howard. Got him all you can get him. Still wasn't happy. The Nets, out of there. Right? I don't know who won the trade because guess what? Come offseason, you're going to have to pay James Harden after this year. You can get him one more year for cheap. But then after this year, he's going to command 200. He's going to be eligible for that Supermax. Is this player worth the Supermax to you? No. So I don't think nobody won the trade as of right now. Let me spin this by you. I, I agree with you, like the precedent. I think the the argument might be Philadelphia won just because they kept Maxi and he was seriously in consideration for the trade. Like that's the thing. 
And also, like, it's good for the Sixers that they have another year to wait on Harden because the Nets, they have to make that decision this season with Kyrie, right? Like, I feel just as, you know, like, Kyrie on the floor is great, but, like, that's the thing about Harden. He may not be himself in terms of the production, but, like, at least he's on the floor, and at least you know he's going to play every game for the most part. Like, when you look at Kyrie, like... If you were to predict, like, how many games is Kyrie playing next year? Like, we could say 30, we could say 80. No one knows the right answer because you cannot rely on him uh, on a consistent basis. So I think I agree. Like, both of these teams have questions before and after the trade. With Harden, I found it interesting. He did play really well in Game 6, Philly closing it out in Toronto. The whole world really thought Toronto was going to win that game, and Harden showed up. That was the one time he showed up so far in these playoffs. Obviously, last night wasn't a great start, but hey, man, like Miami's banged up too, and and I don't think this is impossible for Philly to win this series. We'll see what happens with Embiid, but they were in that game for a lot. Obviously, like Doc Rivers, I agree, is a major concern. His reluctancy to stick with DeAndre Jordan, I don't get it. Philadelphia's best lineup might just be playing Tobias Harris at center and just going with that totally small ball lineup and we'll see how that goes like this is what make this is how the great coaches make their money making adjustments so we'll see what happens but once again man like i just feel bad for philly because even though harden has been a major disappointment deep down like i still think a team with a big three of like Embiid, maxi and even harden like even if he's not himself if he's your third option like that could be really scary uh obviously like we'll see what happens with the coach but I don't think Philadelphia is like that far off. And a lot of it just has to do with Embiid and Maxi, man. I think those are guys you could obviously build around. I think when you go back to that deal, I agree in the sense that I think by the 76ers, keeping Maxi, maybe they won the deal. That was the other name. Maybe, maybe they won the deal just over that alone. It had nothing to do with Ben. It had nothing to do with James. It had everything to do with Maxi. Because if I'm the Nets, there was no way I was completing that deal without Maxi. Clearly, they did. Um, so in that regards, I can agree and co-sign that. The real Lil co-signs that. Lil Shadamas co-signs that, that statement. But when we go back to Harden and we look at his numbers, we're talking about 18.6 points per game this postseason, the lowest since 2011. 27 games with the 76ers. Harden has yet to attempt 20 shots in one game. We need this guy to be more aggressive. When Embiid is hurt, we need you to turn that aggressiveness on. And somewhere... Today, Ben Simmons' back just felt a whole lot better watching James Harden last night. He woke up with a clean back, I'm, I'm assuming, watching James Harden. Because remember, like, Ben Simmons was the fall guy. He was the fall guy. And granted, there's no reason that I'm going to give Ben Simmons the benefit of the doubt and make him look like a hero. Clearly, he got his own issues of his own, right? But he was the fall guy here. But it's clear to me the 76ers' issues ran deeper. And it's clear to me that the Nets' situations run deeper than Ben Simmons. We're just dealing with two incompetent franchises that have these expectations and lofty expectations that I doubt both teams will make. I mean, let me ask you, though, like, what if Philly just kept Ben Simmons? Like, where are they now? Like, at least they tried. Like, Ben Simmons was never going to play for the Sixers ever again. And I think Daryl Morey, if you ask Daryl Morey, right, like, okay, Harden's been a major disappointment. Like, I think he'd admit that. But I'd also think he'd admit that, like, I'm so happy Ben Simmons is off my hands. We never have to deal with this guy again. If if Philly really wants to move on from Harden, like, they could just do it after next year and and they could be done with it. But, like, I just think Daryl Morey's so happy he got that guy off of his team. They was deals on the table. That was pretty lucrative for Ben Simmons at that moment. 
Daryl Morey wanted to play hardball. He he wanted James Harden. That's what it came down to. All right, because most guys would have pulled the trigger already. Ben Simmons would have been out of there. First plane smoking. First class. Okay? But Daryl Morey put this faith in James Harden and was willing to sell his soul if he had to for James Harden. This reminds me of Frank Wright and Carson Wentz in the NFL. A guy that Played for a dude, played for a coach, and the coach is vouching for this guy. Get me my guy, I promise you. We can take you to the promised land. We all know how that side of the ordeal fell in a different sport. And I'm seeing the same thing over here with Daryl Murray and James Harden. Get me my guy. I, we can win a championship. Believe in me. And right now, what I've seen thus far is that Daryl Murray was wrong. The Can You Dig It Sports Radio Network is here. Revolutionize the game of media. Be a day of dick.